<laughs> I think you peak you when peak and then you, you peak. Peak. and then it's like a pair. Like for me, the bottom is what feels like the top. Yeah, <laughs> it's like after the peak, you jump off the top. Yeah. You have a parachute, yeah. but the parachute doesn't work. At, at one point when we were in Colorado, I forgot I had legs because mm. we were very high. Yes. And Seth, Seth was like, you got to stand up. And I was like, I can't stand up. I don't have legs. I don't have legs, man. <laughs> That's incredible. We were laying in the tent a little later, and I was like, hey, man, can you feel your legs? And then I was like, I forgot how to make it. <laughs> and then I would start laugh yeah. spiraling. <laughs> and then just giggling. Oh, dude, I would laugh. I laugh so much when I'm high. Yeah. Was this an edible? Time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't smoke. Yeah, we don't. Cool. Uh, the... Not just edibles. Yeah. Yeah. Edibles are can be really giggly for I, sure. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Given the proper dose. <laughs> And the less oxygen. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, that affected it. That might have been less oxygen it. affected a lot of things in retrospect. We only have like one giggle fit. Together, Just one? together yes. yeah. I had a you lot had a of few giggle, giggle fits. fits. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Mr. Giggle Fit. But Seth doesn't always partake in the giggling. No. True. I'm, I'm the serious one. <laughs> <laughs> You're introspective. Mm, I'm introspective. Yeah. Cool. So on that note. Uh, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been the best intro we've had yet, <laughs> and it wasn't planned at all, so that's perfect. Off the cuff, baby. That's how um, we do it. Excited to have uh, these two very special guests on today. Um, we got two brothers, uh, the Tex Texish boys. <laughs> Texish, baby. Um, that's not a plug. They are actually kind of, kind of <laughs> Texas. They're not really there just yet, but yeah, yeah. Um, Seth Gunner, welcome, dude. We're super excited to be here. We were, uh, I was telling you downstairs, like being in Colorado when y'all were starting this. I was so like FOMO to the max. Just, like, <laughs> what, what is this high vibe thing that they're doing? I, I want to be there. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that, man. Yeah, man. Seeing you go up to Colorado, like I think two weeks ahead of time, just mm -hmm. like was inspirational man Thanks, you know man. like you didn't have to go out that early like you taking it as serious as you did just kind of like all right let's go let's get going it's, it's a time of action yeah man it's uh it was it was equal parts opportunity for adventure and just necessity of well we live in texas and leadville is about ten thousand feet higher than that so we should probably get up there early and just make sure that like death is not a variable yeah, <laughs> yeah. seems like a good plan yeah <laughs> it's the least you could do exactly avoid death yeah <laughs> exactly and that that really was like at the end of the day the plan with everything going up there early with the race was just don't die let's yeah. just leave at the very least, let's not yeah. go to the hospital. Let's come back home. Yeah, let's make it home. <laughs> yeah. I had a great call with our parents. If you let your brother die, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and I had, I, was, a great, I had a great talk with my wife. Point, if you point. die, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. So, yeah. so Gunner cannot die. Gunner yeah, cannot die. Sort of <laughs> Number one. Yeah, exactly. It's an oddly important commandment for us. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it comes yeah. up more than you think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're reminded a little bit more than you'd like to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Leadville is the highest uh, town... In America? Yeah, in America. Mm -hmm. And they let you know it. They, <laughs> like oh, every yeah. every single bar is like, welcome to the highest bar in America. Yeah, every, welcome. <laughs> every restaurant, welcome to the highest restaurant. Yeah. Every coffee shop. Well, only one coffee only, shop. Only one coffee shop. They really know how to brand themselves. Yeah, yeah, they're like, well, and then the race is welcome to the highest start line. Like, it's all... Welcome it's to the all being place. high. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those damn mountain people. Yeah, dude. It's like, every bar I walk into is the highest bar. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. Um, our runs are on Tuesdays. Um, would love to have you guys pull up. Oh, we're we're oh, coming we'll there, for yeah. sure. Yeah, sweet for sure. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Dude, can't wait. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. So uh, with with you showing up two weeks early, did that uh, did that settle things? Did you adjust to the altitude? Did that help at all? It definitely helped. Like on race day, it definitely didn't feel like it helped after about twenty miles. But like we got so we got to Denver, and that's about five thousand feet, which is still pretty high when you don't when you're not even above a thousand. Yeah. Five thousand is pretty high. So we got to Denver and we were staying at a friend's place and we just did a garage workout that day and we were gassed. Like twenty minutes body weight. Yeah, Yeah, just no oxygen. But then the next day we felt pretty good. Mm -hmm. And then we went up to Boulder at six thousand, did a run, felt pretty good. Mm -hmm. And then we went up to Leadville the next day. So that starts like our about fourteen day stay in Leadville. And we were, uh, hey, that's you, dog. That's my bad. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we get to Leadville. That's the second time that's happened. <laughs> we used to Leadville at about 7 a.m. And even walking across the street to the coffee shop, I I was very, oh, that was a hard walk. Yeah. And then uh, we worked that day, and we go to the, this campsite that a friend of mine had told us about. It's right on Twin Lakes. It's free camping. Great spot. And setting up the tent was... Exhausting. It was its exhausting. own workout. Yeah, like we set up the tent and we were done. Just yeah. <laughs> t- today is over. Was that the first time you set up a tent? No. No. Okay. Yeah, like we knew how to set up a tent. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't the brain power. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't the brain power. It okay. was the actual movement of like bending down, standing up, putting stuff together. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, it it was very clear like from moment one, it's a good thing we came up here. Um, for sure the crazier thing was like we adjust over the next few days did a few runs they felt really good like I ran seven miles eight miles four miles real quick we gotta let's pull back a second we're talking about running we're talking about some race we're talking about the highest town and we got it Gunner just completed the Leadville 100 um, something that we are all very proud of him for doing yeah, with the support of his brother during the race. Um, I listened to y'all's podcast, kind of debriefing everything. Mm-hmm. And what one of the most surprising things that y'all said was how much harder it was to be in the support crew than actually running it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, like that just seems my <laughs> intuition just that seems bizarre to me. Yeah. You well, know what I'm saying? We can talk about that. We can talk um, about it a little bit. So from, yeah. from my perspective as the racer, and I actually thought this about mile probably like 80 something when it just became an absolute death march and it, it was hard but at the end of the day as the runner all i have to do on race day is go forward yeah all i like physically mentally emotionally One step at a time yeah all i have to do is go forward support crew on the other <laughs> hand it's so much harder it's a little different yeah uh i think there are a lot of different experiences you could have on a support crew I think the biggest challenge is maintaining a sense of peace and calm, knowing that your runner is struggling. Going from place to place, your brain is pretty scattered. You're trying to keep everything in order. You are constantly thinking about what he might need. You're trying to make sure that all your gear is in place. You're juggling a couple different things happening at once, all while stress waiting for... (laughs) For him to come through, and you don't know how he's going to come through. Mm-hmm. So it's the anticipation. They always say the anticipation is worse than whatever's coming, right? Yeah. That's why, you know, if your parents ever punished you and they're like, your dad's going to 
deal with you when you get home. Mm-hmm. When he gets home, that weight is so yeah, much that worse. Four hour block. That four hour block. Part. And it's like a pit in your mm-hmm. stomach. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it you know, physically, Gunner had a way harder challenge. His body was torn up. He he had to push his mind further than we did. Yeah. But emotionally, we could break it down like by the tenth. Yeah, too. yeah I kinda absolutely. Want to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think emotionally, we were all put through the ringer once we knew Gunner was struggling. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Once we knew that it was painful for him, uh, it, it became a different day for us. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of crews experience similar things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was overall a positive experience because, you know, uh, you pull together as a team, you, you make sure that your runner gets across the finish line, mm-hmm. and you walk that last mile with them, and you get to experience all of the emotions just a flood of joy relief a little sadness you know yeah. it, it just it washes it's over it's just you. like yeah. it comes over you and comes out of you all at once all at once i think like the best image of it was almost uh my lovely wife was on the cruise she paced me the last 12 miles we finish and i start crying but she also starts crying yeah partially from like i'm so glad he's done i'm proud of him but also just like she was so worried yeah for not just 29 hours, but like six months. Yeah. Right. And so just the relief of like, think just, we made it through this. Like it's over. over. I've been having to act like I'm not worried. He's on his two feet. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Did Um, you sit down right away or were you? I did, dude. We, (laughs) (laughs) so that, that's the biggest thing for me throughout the race was not sitting too long. Like if you sit too long, you're just gonna crash. Right. Um, I did have one little episode in a medical tent that involved sitting down for a while, but that was different because it was like I was you, being you had to. I was being right. forced to sit down. Yeah, you had um, to sit down. And so we finish and there's like these metal bleachers just off to the left outside of the finish area. Okay. I walked straight to those and I just plopped down. And like I think we sat there for about an hour. For about an hour, yeah. Um, wow. Just like crying, laughing, just talking, yeah. kind of deliriously interacting with people. Yeah. Um, I had like half of a beer and that was like my first alcoholic drink in six months. Wow. Um, yeah. And then I promptly just passed out in the car. Like it just, it was, <laughs> yeah, he just passed out. In the yeah. Car. But it, it just felt so nice to sit down and know that I don't have to get up <laughs> for a little keep bit. Just, moving yeah, step just at a keep time. moving forward. Um, yeah. But yeah, truly, truly, truly. When it comes to experiences like this, and even y'all's rim to rim to rim run y'all are doing, yeah. like, I'm so glad to know y'all are doing it together. Because when it comes to pursuits like this, you can't do it alone. Like, yeah. you can't do it alone, and frankly, it's going to suck so much. Not from a physical perspective, but from a communal experience perspective. Like, if you do it alone, you don't get to share it with anybody. You don't get to suffer with anybody. You don't get to, like experience the love and the joy and the communion that comes with like doing these things with people. Right. Um, like had I done Leadville alone, I would be like so depressed right now. Yeah. Yeah. But because I had Seth, my wife, my family, my friends there, it was the most fulfilling day of my entire life. Totally. Everyone just comes together and just kind of thrives off each other. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. That is you and I were talking in the sauna. Like, yeah, there are some things that absolutely are sacred and should just be for you, but that's not the point of humanity. It life is so much better when you can share an experience with somebody with others, uh, you know, Santa, right? Like yeah. it wouldn't still be a thing if parents didn't get joy out of seeing 
kids' faces. Out of tricking their kids, right? Tricking their kids, going crazy. You know, parents every morning with eggnog are like, "Look at these stupid kids." They think a guy comes through the chimney. We live in a trailer. I am God. That's what the parents are saying. It's like I give you gifts. Without me, you're nothing. What we're saying is all these things are a power trip. The point of life is to gaslight people. No, I mean, you say sacred. Like I think of Leadville. Yeah. And I and like think of what y'all are doing at Rin Rin Rim, like yeah. in a lot of ways to me, my opinion, there is nothing more sacred than sharing those mm. experiences with people. Like mm. it is having people there, it is having loved ones around you. That's mm. this the mo to me, the most sacred part. Um Yeah. And this experience kind of confirmed that for you, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like we hear that. You know, it's yeah, like sure you know connect with others like it, mm. it is it will help you like it's, it's it creates dopamine it's just good for you yeah but when you experience it it can it can be kind of profound and a little oh, different definitely profound especially um uh, race was over it th this kind of sucks but it's just life i guess like the race is on a sunday so my wife has to leave the next day to get back to work on monday my parents have to leave to get back home you know like just everyone has to go back home the next day right me and Seth had driven up there to be there for two weeks before the race, so we've got to drive back. We thankfully have some time to just decompress from the whole experience. And That's we're, good. we're driving back, and Seth asked me, you know, what from the race was, like, the most profound moment? You know, what what did you learn from this experience? And, like, what moments with God did you have? Because I always talk about, like, Running for me is very much a, a prayerful, spiritual, spiritual thing. Like it's how I ceremony. connect. Yeah, it's celebration how, almost. Exactly. Like yeah. it's how I connect with my creator. It's how I connect with people. Totally. Um, and I had I'd been thinking about it and like really sitting in this and hadn't really talked about it. And I kind of just broke down answering the question in the car because I told Seth like this experience was the first time in my life that I've ever openly received and believed the fact that I'm loved by other people. Yeah. Like being surrounded by family, being surrounded by friends that were so supportive and, and they're like hand feeding me and right. being awake for 29 hours, like with you, with me, like they were with me. Yeah. And you know, I, I, we grew up in a loving household. My parents have said they love me my whole life. My wife tells me she loves me every day, but I struggle every single day with well, like. Well, that doesn't come without you putting in an effort and oh, yeah. almost earning it in a way, yeah, right? Exactly. It's kind of what we tell ourselves. I, I view it very transactionally. Yeah. Like I've got to earn this. I've got to earn this. And well, and love shouldn't be transactional. It's and love transformation. <laughs> yeah, it. unconditional. Yeah. Where do you read yeah. that? That, that was mine. That's, that's your, a, that was all right. That's a that. download, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, <laughs> Coming straight from the sauna. But, and yeah. but like really and truly. That is the first moment of my life I've ever just believed. Like, these people love me. Not whether I finish this race or not, it's not about that. Like, yeah. these people that are here love me. Period. End of story. And all it took was a grueling 100 mile race. <laughs> yeah. All, all, it, <laughs> really all it took was some self inflicted pain. Um, but yeah, like, well, it's crazy. Man, I actually had a, a similar experience earlier this year when I ran the, uh, the Austin Marathon. I did it with Ainsley's Angels. Yeah, you were pushing. I was pushing, yeah. and uh, like a lot of parallels with like, man, receiving love. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I have a same, the same perspective, the same mindset when it mm -hmm. comes to like 
my devotion to running mm-hmm. is a spiritual practice. Yeah. But um, for that race, A, I was severely undertrained. Like, <laughs> I didn't know until like two days before the race that I was going to be pushing somebody. Oh my God. You were planning on running the race. I was planning on running the race myself. Yeah. And still a little bit like, eh, I don't know if I'm really ready for yeah. this. <laughs> and then two days prior, they called me up like, hey, can you do it? I was like, Okay, sure. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and uh, they're like, cool, by the way, she's 210 pounds. Wait a minute. She by herself? Going through Terrytown and up Colorado Street? Oh my god. Yeah. So. Dude, the Grand Canyon's nothing. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. You're gonna be fine. Dude, that was yeah. that was by far like yeah. the most challenging experience. You're I've you're had. pushing a linebacker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> through, a, through the marathon. Uh, yeah, linebacker a, on how many wheels? A lovely woman, three wheels. Three, sure. not even four. No, not even yeah. four. And it so wasn't four. motorized. And either, the third was it? wheel <laughs> was having trouble. Like yeah. it uh, fell off like six times. Wow. Before. Oh my wow. god. So like I was pulling over. I was like you know trying to. That's going up Congress, right? Right up Congress. Oh my god. What a way to start. Break. And then by the Dude. time I got the wheel on correctly, there was like a thousand people passing me and I had to like find my way through. Yeah. And it's just chaos. Oh Complete chaos. God. It's like the beach at Normandy. Yeah. <laughs> that was his nom. That, yes, that was, that was that Nick's was nom. nom. <laughs> when I saw the mile one marker, though, like a single tear came out yeah. of my eye. <laughs> like I didn't let anyone see it. Yeah, it's like, all right. Here But But when you talk about uh, sacred and like connection with mm-hmm. creator, God, mm-hmm. source, I... Around mile like 13, mm-hmm. 14, the what's the uh, it's the big uphill road. Um, uh, so thirteen, right after you're coming, uh, you're coming up like Austin you're Boulevard. Up, you're going turn. up Quad. Yeah, you're going through up. campus. No, there's like one. There's one. I know where you go over the overpass yeah. and like the half marathon. People go straight. You turn yeah. left, yes. and then there's a big. I know what hill you're talking yeah, about, yeah. and it's really big. Yeah, it's it's the big hill. <laughs> it's the, the big marathon. hill. It it's is the one and that everyone's like, I, be I, ready. I talk about okay. that moment of like. I'm I'm hitting my 100%. I'm trudging uphill, like yeah. trudging. I'm mm-hmm. there's no barely any momentum. I'm and like, there's so much consequence if you let go. Yeah, yeah <laughs> dude, you I cannot let go of this woman. I can't yeah. let her go. Yeah. And uh, in in that moment of like intense pain, like I just kind of opened myself up and I like mm-hmm. talked to God for a moment. I said, mm-hmm. God, if you're with me, I could really use some help right mm-hmm. now. In that moment, somebody comes up to me and says, Hey, can I help you push this? And I was just yeah. like jaw was dropped and then another person came mm-hmm. on and another person came in mm-hmm. all of a sudden like within wow. 10 seconds the chair was lifted out yeah. of my hands That's and i just crazy. like was trying not to break down and cry <laughs> in the middle of the race which yeah. was not the and last no one else realizes what's happening and yeah, what yeah. you're experiencing how, how difficult it was for me mm-hmm. and the the entire race itself was uh, a practice for me mm-hmm. to receive love yeah because mm-hmm. in a way i was like doing this act of service and i'm like I try to be very humble about it. Like, mm-hmm. it's not about me. You know, people were like cheering for me and clapping yeah. for me. And I'm like trying to make it about mm-hmm. this woman that I'm pushing who's mm-hmm. disabled and mm-hmm. like trying to give the love back to her. But after a certain point, I was like, no, like actually what I'm doing is really fucking cool. Yeah. And I'm actually inspiring. Like tons mm-hmm. of people came up to me yeah. after the race and were just mm-hmm. like, dude, what you did was so inspiring. Mm-hmm. Thank you for what you did. I mean, the amount of love and support that I received from complete strangers mm-hmm. was like, it was life changing. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, wow, I'm, yeah. I'm worthy of, of this mm-hmm. love. Not because of, 
you know, this this act. Yeah, itself. not because of the act, because of you. Because like, of me. Because, of because I are. showed up yeah. and I'm just I'm mm-hmm. doing me and I'm doing your best. Doing my best. Yeah. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, I love it's, that. Love that. Yeah, and I, I also had the moment uh after I crossed the finish line, um, and I was like imagining it in my, for like six miles prior, I was like, dude, when I hit the finish line, I'm just gonna collapse and cry. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I finally like made it to my girlfriend mm-hmm. and just hugged her, we both just cried uh, for like twenty yeah. minutes. Wow. Just that release, man. Yeah. It's a huge release. Huge. Mm-hmm. It's like a long output and then just like a. Ah. <laughs> yep, yep. That's like I. Over. When we were, uh, me and my wife were just death marching to the finish line. Like, <laughs> by the down. time we, by the time I got to her at mile eighty-eight, it was very clear. Like, it's gonna be faster if we walk because mm. yeah. my quads are blown out. Yeah, I can barely think straight. Like, we just gotta walk and yeah. stay upright, keep going. And the last three miles, we, we would be talking. I would have to fight back the tears because mm-hmm. I know I'm going to finish, but I haven't finished yet. But yeah. I, that feeling of finishing is creeping in. Totally. Um, and then, you know, we come up this hill and I see my family, see the rest of the crew. They're going to join for the last mile. And we're walking and we're kind of laughing. And I'm trying my best to just joke around so that I don't think too much and start crying again. Yeah. And then my wife kind of jogs in front of me sort of jokingly. But because I'm delirious, I just started running. <laughs> but because you go, like, oh, okay, let's go. Oh, this is the pace. I was fuck, like, okay, fuck. we're running. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you're the pacer, so I have to do what you do. And we start running, <laughs> and it becomes clear we've got to run to the finish now mm-hmm. because everyone's watching. But the finish is like half a mile away, which is literally like the lo- and you can see it, but it's so far away. Is it uphill? It's downhill. Well, there's an uphill and then a downhill. So you're coming uphill, and we crest the it. hill, and that's when Jenny starts running. So I start running, um, shuffling, and I'm having to accept like I have to do this until the finish line. Mm-hmm. Like I can't just stop. <laughs> yeah. And so we start running, and as soon as I cross the finish line, just every tear I could ever cry just starts like pummeling out of me. I hug my wife, we cry for a minute, then I hug Seth and we start crying and I just go limp. Like every bit of energy I had left just like left me. Yeah, and like it was done. such a it's such a sweet moment to have that culmination and experience what it's like to just like cross the finish line and let that whole experience just like overwhelm There's, you and then yeah. sort of just leave you. No feeling like, like it, right? Yeah, There's it's the just best. Really nothing like yeah. that. Do you think you guys will have that moment at the Grand Canyon or <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Mainly uh, because well one it's 50 miles and two the elevation change. Yeah, dude, yeah, 4000 yeah. down, 20 miles across, 4000 up, 4000 down, 20 miles across. 4000 up. up. That yeah, last yeah. up is where the poles will come in. Hopefully. Honestly, yeah. use the poles from the start. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll have the poles on deck. But yeah. to answer your question, I think uh, yes, because I mean, I don't know exactly when or to what extent it, it may come about. Mm-hmm. But I think for us, at least for me, it's been like kind of a, a calling to go out and do this. Like yeah. it's not an organized race. Yeah. No one's like making us do it. Yeah. It's it's we've kind of just felt yeah. to have to pay like for it, which is nice. Called to, yeah. yeah, which is very nice. It's, 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 free. Free. it's also it's no not da- yeah, yeah, it's almost a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Unsupported. It's yeah, it's like a rite of passage in yeah. the ultra space. You know, mm-hmm, we've yeah. talked about this multiple times. Yeah. Um, it's which, still on my list. Like I'm actually kind of jealous. I'm like, dang it, I yeah. wish I didn't just yeah. run 100 miles. Yeah. I'm like, dang it, I wish I did Love Hill. <laughs> <laughs> we'll switch next year. We'll switch. Yeah, that, that's a plan. Actually. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So did you qualify for Leadville? How did that come I, about? I did. Yeah. So with Leadville, 
there's three different ways you can get into it. You can lottery in, which is like the big like you enter it, you enter your name into a lottery, and they just draw names out of a hat, and that's who's in the race that year. Um, well, I guess there's four ways. Then there's like about 20 pro spots, so just any sponsored yeah. runner that their brand has a slot, like gets their slot, so they're in the elite race. Um, there's the charity option, so you like donate about like 10k to the Leadville Charity Foundation, which is a really cool foundation. Um, that's another way to get in. And then finally, they actually just started this about two years ago. There's golden coin races, and so three different races throughout the year, overall winner and the winner of each age group. I'm sorry, golden coin races. Yeah, golden coin races. What are those? Um, so it's uh, these three races that Leadville is partnered with. Like, all right, winner of this race gets a golden coin. That's an automatic entry into Leadville. Um, okay. And luckily, the shortest one is in our backyard um, at Reveille Peak Ranch, the Rattler oh, 50K. Shit. Um and I've dreamed about doing Leadville since I was 17. And I randomly met this guy at a brewery who also likes ultra running. And he told me about this race. And this was probably like mid-July of last year. And the race was in October. And he told me about it. And I signed up at the brewery. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to that race and win. Let's do like, it. I, I just knew. Like, like hold my beer. It's, 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 it's literally, literally hold race. my beer for a second. Hold my beer. <laughs> I, I just knew like it's a 50K the course is 30 minutes from my house, so I can go check out the course multiple times. I'm going to win this race. Totally. Like, Fuck yeah. I will win this race. Yeah. And it was kind of fun because uh, show up race morning at the, at the Rattler 50K, and there's all these guys from, like, Colorado and California, like, guys that are kind of like, we're gonna, like I'm going to win. Yeah. Like, They're here to win. I, I've, guys that have done Leadville before that are just, like, Walking the I, I've done yeah. harder races. I'm just going to go win this. And I just blistered the course that day. Fuck. Like set the course record, had a great, had a good race. Course thankfully. record, yeah. Holy shit, um, still standing. Like when I finished, hey. the race director looked at me, and goes like, "Are you done?" I was like, "Yeah, I just just ran the course. I just yeah. finished." And he was like, "We weren't expecting you to finish for like thirty more minutes." <laughs> <laughs> that must and, have been a great yeah, feeling. It was, dude, it was a good feeling, and I've been really, really lucky in my life. And races have gone well for me. Like. Right. Race day has been a good day Likes for me. Legs feel good that day. Legs feel good. I get a good spot in the chase pack. Like, yeah. nutrition goes, just everything goes well. Um, except for one race, but that was my fault. Uh, so, like, I felt confident going in, had a good race day. And it was kind of funny because after the race, a couple of guys were like, who the hell are you, dude? Like, yeah. All the what, like, who is this kid? Especially because like, like, fucking gunner. Um, I mean, I was very like, hi, hi. Like, <laughs> I, I, I've always struggled to be a part of the running community just because even down to like insecurities of like, I don't look like a runner. They look like runners. Yeah. I don't look like one. So I'm not a part of it. Or like they race all the time. I race like once a year. Like it's just not. I don't it's, gravitate to racing very much. Yeah, like, like the the racing culture. I yeah, think is yeah, it's almost, just not really my cup of tea. But I thankfully did this race and met guys like Don Rochet at Speedland. Uh, met a couple of Boko Gear guys, like people in the running space that were very inviting and very kind and cool. very helpful for Leadville. Because like Don specifically, shouts out Don, um, had done Leadville before. Lived like thirty minutes from Leadville, so throughout the year, I just got to like send him questions like. Yeah, just picking his what, brain. Yeah, picking his brain, seeing how to prepare. He, he, along with everyone else, said use polls, and I didn't listen. And that's why I immediately told you guys, yeah. use, get use, those polls. Pol- 
use polls, use polls, use polls. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I won the race, got my coin, and like that's how I got into Leadville. And, okay. Uh, yeah. It was it's amazing. And they give you a physical coin? Yeah. I have the coin. Nice. Uh, I carried it with me in my pocket every day while we were in Leadville. Just to, like, it's such a cheesy thing, but it was to remind myself, like, I belong here. Like, yeah. It's like a memento. Yeah. And like, kind of move any thoughts of like, you don't belong here. Cause that's, again, what I've always struggled with in the ultra space is like, I don't belong here. Like, yeah. I'm not elite. It's like that um, it, yeah. imposter syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Of, of, yeah, we don't look like runners. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, they've yeah. been doing it years, for many years. Yeah, and, I don't run every day. Like, I'm yeah. I'm obsessed with the sport, but I just don't live like a lot of guys that are obsessed with the sport. Yeah. So it just gives, it gives me this idea and this belief that, like, I don't belong here. But it's like... No, I belong. We all belong. Like, it's yeah. the most inviting and open community on the planet. That's what I've heard from yeah. it. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's cool. It, it seems like there's this perception of the running community, at least from your experience, mm-hmm. that's like, uh, maybe I don't vibe with them. Maybe yeah. I don't like fit in. Mm-hmm. But from what I've heard and experienced about the ultra community specifically, mm-hmm. is that they're just like open Dude, arms. Dude, it's the mo- yeah, they've the ultra community has never done anything to make me think I don't okay. belong. They've done everything to make me think I do belong. They almost like, go the extra yeah. mile to yeah, do so. Yeah, dude, like, if you well, show the runners, up... they have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you show up on race day, every single every single person in the ultra space is, like, your family. Like, yeah. you, you yeah. belong here. We're in this together. And it's such a stark difference between the marathon community because, like, my first marathon dude. was the Austin Marathon, my freshman year of college. And I'm a chatty caddy. I love people. I love talking to people, connecting with people. And I'm in the start area for the marathon, and there's a guy next to me with the same shoes on. And I remember going, "Dude, I like your shoes," and he just glared at me, like, "How dare you?" Said talk no to me? words, <laughs> no words. Yeah. And then, and He's like, like "I'll kill you in your sleep, dude." Honestly, <laughs> like, we're, I was like, "What are you trying to get in my head?" I'm in your head. I'm, yeah. Yeah. yeah, nobody gets in my head. Like, dude, we're in a three-hour yeah, exactly. group. Like, yeah. this is like, fifty people are gonna finish in front of us. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and that was my learning lesson of like ultra or marathon people are just a little too intense. Little, like, very you know, intense. Very intense. Very to their selves. Very like they gotta nail their splits. They're like machines. It's yeah. it's so dumb. It's so stupid. There's like it takes the freedom out of running. It takes the freedom. Honestly. It takes the joy, and it's just like look. Unless your name is Mitch Hammonds, why do you care? Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Unless it, you're gonna podium this. Yeah, thing unless you're just, contending yeah. for Get over Olympic yourself. trials or the Olympics. Shut up. Yeah, just, just, like, <laughs> just stop. Just have fun. It's this is fun. Yeah. Um, so so all to say, like the ultra community is like the coolest, most fun. Totally. Like imagine how many people in Flagstaff when y'all are there. When when you say like we're here to run render in the rim, so many people are gonna be like, dude, here here's this tip or check yeah. this yeah. out. Or like, have you been to Flagstaff? Oh, so many times. Okay. I, love Flag- I haven't done render in the rim. Uh, You've been as well. Yeah. Dude, Flagstaff is shouts out Flagstaff. Yeah. Flagstaff is amazing. It's trail running mecca yeah. number one. That's what I've heard. Um, and I, as we we're talking about, I think that creates this community of just kind, inviting, open people who like. Well, literally, we had a friend from Flagstaff. Uh, we were doing this road trip, and he called his brother and was like, "Hey, can these guys stay at your house?" And he was like, "Yeah." And so completely we just stayed, unprompted. Yeah, completely, wow. Like, didn't know this guy. Stayed at his house. Yeah. He bought us beer that night. Like, yeah, nice. hung out for the super day. Super welcoming. Super, super welcoming, and just a gorgeous town too. Yeah, so, that's crazy. I would. I mean, I would live there. Yeah, it's really. Great. Yeah. And nonetheless, there's legends that live there. Oh like, yeah, like Tommy Ribs is up Tommy there. Tommy Ribs is up there. You know? Jim Walmsley lived there for a while. Eric Sinsman lived there for a while. Uh, Rob Crar still yeah. lives there, and he's like one yeah. of the OG. Is he coaching? Coach. I think he still coaches, but like 
he's one of those guys that no one knew who he was. And then as like a 38 year old, he shows up at like Western States and just wins. Just rips it. Um, yeah. Like just, and like he just rips miles in the Canyon. All like, that's what's crazy about those guys up there is like, they're going to the Grand Canyon once a week. Yeah. And dropping in once a <laughs> week. Dropping in <laughs> once yeah. a week. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, dude. Flagstaff. And it's like very accessible with different elevations. Oh, yeah. They kind of get all the seasons of the year. Mm-hmm. Damn, man. Yeah. man. I so, feel like that's yeah. a, a testament to what it takes to be, not what it takes, but it says a lot about somebody if they're willing to run an ultra race. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, people just open their doors to you. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. like if someone was in town here and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm here to run a, an ultra I'm race. Here to, I'm, I'm like, here to I run Ladybird five or ten times. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, you're on crack. Yeah. Like, do not come that, that over to horrible. my house. But, yeah. But it's like that. If, if you're willing to, like, willingly suffer and you have this goal in mind, I feel like you have to be a good person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the wrong like, idea. But. No, no well, like, most people who have who do that are nice people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Well, let me, let me ask both of you guys this, um, because it's come up. Both of you had profound experiences receiving love. Have you been able to carry that into your daily life? Mm, outside of running. Outside of running. And is that what creates that community? I would definitely say, like, as great far question, as, Seth. I'm, Thanks, Juan. I'm, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still new to receiving love yeah. because this experience was a few weeks ago. Um, I would definitely say that, like, I'm having to remind myself every day, like, I am loved. I don't have to yeah. earn it. And I do think that does inform like the way I give love as well. And that comes back to like in the ultra community, it's like there is sort of this common ground and this understanding of like, you know what it's like to bottom out and keep going. And I think that creates this sort of, again, communal, like if you're in town and I don't know you, but I know that you've done this thing, like come to the house, eat yeah. my food, drink my water. Yeah. Like, it's like it, a family. Yeah. It really yeah. creates like a family. Thing. Do we yeah. real quick, do we know how many people have completed Leadville in, um, in total? Is it, I, I don't know total. I know that this year, like eight hundred fifty-seven people started, and three hundred, like fifty. The dropout something. rate's about forty percent every year. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, and I understand why. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? So, Pull that up, Jamie. Yeah. Pull that up, Jamie. <laughs> um, it's yeah. There's about a fifty percent success rate. The funny part about Leadville is like, some people finish sixteen to eighteen hours. Like yeah. five people will finish in that frame. You're pros. And then there's about a two-hour gap, and a couple other guys will finish from, like, 21 to 23. And then there's another gap, and then a bunch of people will finish at, like, 27. And then another gap, and, like, 100 people will come through in that last, like, hour. That last hour, yeah. Um, what, what's the cutoff? 30 hours? 30, yeah. Wow. It was actually pretty funny. That last, like, little run that I did, I passed, like, 50 people. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, like, that's just how many people are stacked up, like, just... Yeah coming in under the wire yeah um and that that alone was a it was interesting on that day because the day started and i was in the top 30 for about six hours and then to, really to drop for six hours you yeah. were in the top 30 oh, yeah his I first felt, checkpoint he was in 28th yeah like 28 and what how many miles did you cover in six hours uh by six hours we were about four uh like 40 miles in wow um, that's fast and then and then it just the wheels fell off. Yeah, <laughs> like it just. So like, let's break it down by tens. I kind of want to. I just want to yeah. do this out of okay. curiosity. Dude, we can do it. So um, zero, zero to, to, to ten. mile ten. Yeah, zero to ten. So that's the beginning, of course. Race 
Felt good. I was just so glad the race started. The whole week leading up to the race, people would say, how do you feel? How do you feel? And I would just say, I just need the gun to go off. Like, Yeah, you're ready to go. I can't train anymore. I can't think about it anymore. I can't really pray about it anymore. Like, He really was just a rubber band pulled back. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm just ready to go. And Work's not, done. And not yeah. even from a, like, I'm ready to go perform. I'm ready to go, like, go hard. It was just, I'm... I'm I'm ready. He was ready. Yeah. We, we've done everything. We can't prepare any more than we are now. Yeah. So I just need, <laughs> I needed the gun to go off so I could just know what day it was going to be. Is it going to be the best day ever? Is it going to be a horrible day? Is it? Is everything going to go according to plan? The stuff you can control. Yeah, you just want to know what that's yeah, going to be. Yeah, I just want to know what's going to happen. And so that first two miles, I was just so happy <laughs> and so relieved that the race had started. Um, and it was, it was cool to just be running in the mountains with the headlamp on. The stars were gorgeous. Uh, Don, that guy I talked about, he was like right in front of me and we were sort of talking a little bit. Cool. Not too much, like just sort of, you know, this first, we all know like, dude, there's a long day ahead. Um, No one's going to win the race within the first two miles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm just jogging and, was it a was it a four a.m. start? Four a.m. Start, start, yeah. And we had to wake wow. up at about one thirty yeah. to to get to, to the get start area. So sleep is out the door. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we we were doing the sleep leading up to the day before, but the night before, it's like, what yeah. good sleep are we gonna get? There's tonight? no yeah. way, no way. And so, the, I think that's another reason I was relieved that the race had started. It's like, okay, we did this early wake time. We're here. Let's get started. So felt pretty good. The beginning part. Around like probably mile six, I could feel my heart beating pretty fast, which is very abnormal for me. Like even running in Texas in the 110 degree heat, my heart rate, if I'm running an 830 to eight minute pace, my heart rate's hovering at about 130. So like, nice. I have a pretty, like, and I, that I, says something for the 110 degree days we've had this past summer. Yeah. yeah. And I was running every day in that. Yeah. Like, just yeah. trying to get the It was like the 50 in. year drought they yeah. were calling it. <laughs> it's <was> horrible. <laughs> It's uh, crazy. Hottest summer on record. Yeah, literally. And then August is like rainy and cool. Yeah, it's like, which what is such a relief. Fuck? Yeah, totally. God. Yeah, I'm so glad it happened when the training was over. Um, but, <laughs> so I, I feel that, and I, I sort of just chalk it up to like maybe it's just adrenaline or the race, because it was abnormal, not just from a how I feel in Texas. I had run about eight times in We'd the twelve running, days we were yeah. there, yeah, and didn't feel that way. Like just like I never feel my heart beating. Yeah. Um, and so, you guys were running like Twin Lakes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, Twin Lakes. Running we sections ran of the a little course. bit of every. Yeah, part we of the course. we ran little oh, sections nice. of yeah. every part. Yeah. Um. Just and then we hiked Hope Pass. Like we did yeah. the whole hike. Sweet. Um, almost, we almost killed our camera. We guy. almost killed our camera guy. Which, <laughs> which, by the way, yeah. the content y'all were making when y'all were in Leadville was stellar. Like that. Oh, thank that you. was awesome. Uh, we have we have some other. We, stuff we got some stuff in there. Oh, cool, cool, cool. We're cool. excited. Um, it kind of had like a like a ambiance of like a shadow looming over, and you just getting prepared to just like. That was the point. <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, storm was coming. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that happens, and then. So I, I make note of that, right? I'm like, okay, that's maybe a little abnormal, but I know that I'm going slow. I, I, I feel comfortable physically. I just can feel my heart racing. And then um, I run up next to a guy, and he sees my shoes. I was wearing Atreyu's brand-new base trail trail shoes on sale now, Atreyu.com. Right. Shout-out, Atreyu. Um, and it, Austin was their, it, it was their maiden voyage, like first race. I helped them. I got to help them sort of do some beta testing with it, along with some other really good runners. And we had agreed, like, yeah, let's do Leadville to debut wow. these these shoes. 
and a guy goes, dude, I love a tree. Like I love Mike. I know Mike. Um, so we talk for a minute and I can usually talk while I'm running, but as we're talking, I'm like, I'm running out of breath. And so I just, I had to tell this guy like, Hey man, I'm having some trouble breathing. I can't talk. He was like, Hey, cool. He gets in front of me for a little bit. Um, and like just this, my heart just kept racing and I couldn't really figure out how to get it down. I would slow down a little bit. I drank some water. And then I also noticed like, I can feel my heart beating in my head. Like it literally felt like a fist was pounding against my head from mm. the inside. And I've just never felt that before. And so I'm like, okay, th this is happening. Yeah. Just, all right. You know, I went into the race. I, I would always tell people going into the race, my goal is 18 hours, 30 minutes. But if one thing goes wrong, we're looking at a 30 hour day. Like, wow. Period. You, you knew story, it going in. Stop. So that's happening at like mile eight. <laughs> and so I just make wow. the decision like I'll, I will see my crew at mile 24. I've got to get there. Like I've just got to get there. So I go through May Queen. I take off my rain jacket. Heart's racing. And from May Queen, you're basically doing about a t almost 2,000 foot climb to the top of Sugarloaf Mountain. Mm -hmm. And then you're going down Powerline Trail, which is like a 2,000 foot straight descent. Drop. Drop. Were you kind of cruising down that hill? Or? So I run all the way. I run every step up to the top of Sugarloaf. So despite the way my heart's racing and my breath is going, I'm still committed to like getting a good pace in and, and staying sort of on track as best as I can. Not even out of like being stubborn. I just still felt like I'm here to run, you know, like yeah. I came here to run. I trained to run. I'm here to do, I'm here to run. So um, let's run. Let's, so let's run. And so can, yeah. run every step and the heart racing turns into like, I can't breathe. So it goes from like my heart's racing. That's weird to like, I'm suffocating. Was that at the top of Sugarloaf? About or? the top of Sugarloaf was where I, I really knew like, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm really having a hard time here. Um, but for some reason in my head, I'm like, I've got to get to my crew, walk through the aid station, get everything I need. Sort like that will be my like come down. Like right. once I see my crew and I stop running for a second and I walk through the aid station, yeah. I'm going to calm down. It's just going to be your heart rate will settle. Yeah. It'll settle. I'll be able to breathe again. Um, and so I just fly down power line, like mm. just send it. That's awesome. Looking back, that was a horrible idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he split for that first, like. 15 miles was like 9.30 yeah. because of that. Because of that little like section. Wow. Um, and so... And that's up in elevation, yeah. like running through mountains. And the thing is, once I started going downhill, I actually felt pretty good. Like I started to feel a little bit better. Yeah. And then you come onto a road and you go about two miles around this bend and you come to Outward Bound at mile 24. So that's where I first see my crew. And by the time I got to them, I felt pretty good. I find out later that all of them, once I left, were like, he looks horrible. Oh, shit. <laughs> we, Jenny turned to me, and she was like, he's having a hard time. Yeah. He doesn't look good. Yeah. And she's done a ton of runs with yeah. you. Yeah, she, she, knows. I mean, dude, she, she knows better than anybody. She knows better yeah. than anybody. Not only is she you know, a physical therapist and understands like the way the body works, she knows me. She's like, a physical therapist. Yeah, yeah. she's oh, a physical cool, and, like, cool, cool, She's cool. seen me race before. She's seen me be at mile 40. Like, yeah. And at mile 24, she turned to everybody and was like, he doesn't, he does not feel good. Not right. only does he not look good, he does not feel good. In my head, I'm like, they can't tell. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I, I just walked through this aid station and yeah. cheese stick, and, and they're going. giving you yeah. smiles. They're oh, cheering yeah. oh, you yeah. on. This shows how amazing of a crew they are. A good crew doesn't give any like power to how you're feeling. Yeah, that's what a good crew does. Yeah, a bad crew is like, well, sit down, let us fix. It. Like they try to fix you. 
a good crew gets you the fuck out of the aid station. Go, yeah. go, go. Um, yeah. And so I walk through the aid station. I start running. Still can't breathe. So I run about a mile. And then I out loud go, stop running. And so I just started walking for a second because I'm just like, I'm starting to get disoriented because yeah. there's no oxygen in my brain. <laughs> like I can't <laughs> breathe. And I always hear people say like, it's like breathing through a straw. I couldn't breathe. It wasn't like I'm having a hard time breathing. It was I'm drawing air into my mouth and it's not going in my lungs. Interesting. Um, and the nasal breathing was not working. Nasal breathing, just nothing was working. So I walked for about a half a mile, calmed down a little bit, and then I just started running and like managed to run pretty much every step except for that little half mile walk all the way to the next aid station at mile 38. So I come into mile 38 still within the top 30, like still doing pretty good time. But at this point, I like the first thing I tell my crew is like, I can't breathe. I just, I drop the act and I'm like, I cannot breathe right now. Um, yeah. And again, good crew. They say, okay, slow down. Like we hear you that that sucks. Slow down. It's okay. Change shoes, change socks, get a rain jacket on. And they send me on my way. Like that's what a good crew does. Like mm -hmm. we hear you. That sucks. Let's Slow down a bit. Help you get keep going. Yeah. So was it we, raining? It was not rain. It wasn't raining yet. It starts raining later. Um, <laughs> okay. So and at this point, have you taken a hit from your inhaler? I have, I've taken one hit okay. from my inhaler. Um, okay. So, and that helped a little bit. We get out of the aid did, station. Did you grow up with asthma? I did. Yeah. Okay. Like bad asthma. Okay. Um, like enough that it shocks my parents that I do this stuff. Yeah. Um, right. But I run out of the aid station, and from so that's Twin Lakes at mile thirty-eight. You've, you're looking at about 3,000 feet of climbing up to the top of Hope Pass, down the other side to Winfield, turn around and come back. I take no poles. No Be poles. Because for some reason in my head, I just decided, like, I don't need poles. I'll Gunner, tell you why. Yeah. It's because it's you're Gunner fucking Rogers. <laughs> Gunner That's Rogers. why. Gunner, uh, his whole life, has been very stubborn. And if he says something is happening a certain way, that's how it's happening. By God, it's yeah. it's going this way. And not because it's right; it's just because it's the way I've it's decided. It's the way be. he's decided. Um, yeah. So no poles. No, no just poles. I've seen guys do it without poles. You know, if it was every single guy who's ever done it uses poles, I'd be like, fine, use poles. But there are guys that do it without poles. Yeah. So I just want and. Part of doing this was seeing, you know, if I have a good day, how do I stack up against? the like best guys in the field the best, yeah because i i do believe on a good day i'm in the bottom rung of that realm like totally. so i did want to see like can i run up hope pass like some of these other guys without poles come to find out pretty much everyone does use poles except for like three guys <laughs> and and four now and you know yeah. when you're you finished when you're halfway up hope pass without poles you can't turn around and go get them like you might as well keep going so I'm running, I can't breathe, I'm running up Hope Pass, and I'm running, which is really slow trot at this point, but I've decided, like, I've got to run up and over this and run all the way back to just, like, keep within a good time frame, and so I run all the way to the top of Hope Pass, run most of it down, it's so steep on the other side that, like, I did have to sort of, like, slow down at a few points, because it's just so steep, and it did start raining, and it was really slippery. Oh, wow. So I... Managed to pretty much run all the way to the 50 mile turnaround. I sit down for a second to drink a water bottle, and an aid station guy looks at me and goes, Dude, there's three hours left before we close. You got to get out of here. Like, holy shit. In retrospect, he was just making sure that I had a good race. Like, he was yeah. making sure I didn't sit too long and give up. Cause what sucks now at Leadville is used to you get to Winfield at mile 50 and you pick up a pacer. 
and you see your crew at mile 50 at mile 50 mm-hmm. no more now you don't do that you don't get to pick up your pacer and see your crew to mile 62 back mm-hmm. at twin lakes oh, so you've wow. got to get up and over hope pass and back over before you get any help so he tells me to leave and i kind of listen to him yeah <laughs> i'm pissed but i listen to him so did you spend like less than 10 minutes at that station? It, it was probably three to four minutes total okay um and i, I like my quads are just blown out at this point like i can't breathe <laughs> my you've quads summited like out. two mountains yeah and so i just start i kind of start walking like kind of mopey like not because i was sad i was just like i'm so tired of not breathing <laughs> i wasn't even upset that the race wasn't going according to plan i was just tired of not breathing yeah. but walk for a little bit and then i start running and i ran pretty much every step to the top of hope pass on the other side i get to the top of hope pass at this point i've been passed by so many people with poles that like <laughs> i'm just you know i'm not beating myself up but i'm just accepting like i made a mistake Should've this is the poles. result of the mistake okay I get to the top of Hope Pass and I start crying. Mm. And it's because like I realize we're gonna finish. You know, like yeah. despite how bad this day has felt, because I'm standing up here on the way back, we're gonna finish. The hardest part is over. I, it's yeah. not, all we've got to do is like, and the tears are just about like I got 30 more miles. I've got 30 more miles and I know that my crew's down there. I know like I've made it up here, I'm gonna make it to my crew. It's gonna be awesome and we're gonna finish this freaking race. Um, and I also just was overwhelmed with the feeling of like, I can do anything. Yeah. Like this is the worst race I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. And we're still here. And we're still here. And Let's was, do this. That was the physically hardest part. That was physically the hardest part. Yeah. And, and, so, and Seth to the crew, how was he looking at this point? So, uh, he hadn't gotten back to us yet, but oh, okay. whenever he, uh, whenever he left, he was looking better than he did when he came in to, uh, Outward bound. To outward bound. Yeah. So it was looking better at 32 than 24. Than 24. Okay, cool. So, um, but we know we're starting to get antsy yeah. because we know what his pace should be. And he's now fallen about two hours behind it. Mm. And we finally get word from a photographer friend that he's crested Hope Pass. Okay. And then, and then it got faster from there because I'm just fl- I fly yeah, down downhill. Hill. I just start yeah. running downhill. And it's way more runnable down that way than it is down the Winfield side. Okay. So I, I'm able, and I'm committed to like, I've got to run into the aid station so that my crew knows that even though I'm falling behind the, I'm way behind the pace, like I'm still, you're okay. I'm okay. Like yeah. I can run. Right. So I run into the aid station, crew's waiting there. Do you need food? <laughs> my wife <laughs> asked me like, do you need food? And I say, yes, but I'm probably going to throw it up. Don't think about that too much. <laughs> like yeah. just letting them know, like I'm going to try and eat, but I'm probably going to puke. Yeah. Um, and we're just like getting his feet yeah, dry. Yeah, get my feet dry. We, cha- we change clothes. Like I change shorts, change shirts. I get the poles. <laughs> yeah, right, let's go. I get the poles. At this point, the poles are not an option. They're Because I'm like, dude, my quads are blown out. Yeah. Like I've heard that phrase before and never felt it. My quads were blown out. Yeah. Like just, I... Yeah can't run so is that like lack like when lactic acid i think just the pounding like it's a little bit of that but whenever you're going down the quads take so much they're absorbing so much Mm. and that's why the poles are so good because you can get those four points of contact and distribute some of that force somewhere else yeah retrospective yeah and luckily his pacer walker has been sleeping all day so So walker is ready to go he's ready to go walker's ready to go and walker's like been a backpack guy like he's been in out walker knows trails situations before cool. we have been told by course volunteers it's not going to rain like the rain's passed so don't worry about rain so i opt for my puffer jacket instead of a rain jacket because i want to stay warm right 
Um, number two. And yeah, mistake number two. The and puffer jacket the was puffer a mistake. jacket because we start. I tell Walker, I want to hike to Half Pipe, which is a like kind of middle of nowhere aid station, and there's no crew. And I said, let's hike to Half Pipe, refuel, and then run to Outward Bound. So we're basically planning on a four mile hike and then a four mile run. Okay. Um, and so we're hiking. We're we're talking. How many like. We're still in the realm of about a 26-hour finish, and I'm proud of that. I'm like, dude, we can walk the rest of the way, 26 hours, hang the head on that. This is great. Yeah. Plus, I have a pacer now. I have a friend with me. Like, right. spirits are high. So you're on track to hit 26 hours. Yeah. At this point. At yeah. this point. Okay. That's still um, a great And day. that's if we walk the rest of the way. Like, yeah, yeah. And Because uh, I'm walking a pretty good pace. Two miles in, it starts raining, and it's about 40 degrees. It started raining with the puffer jacket on. With the puffer jacket on. Why did they tell you it wasn't going to rain? I think I think that's what the weather showed, and like we just we chose to listen to people from there, which it like that wasn't a mistake. Yeah, in reality, we should have no, had Walker take your jacket with him. We like looking back, you should just have a range. Like yeah, right. truly, if you're and ever doing a race and there's a cloud in the sky, just have a jacket with you. Just yeah. have one with you. Yeah. Is what I learned. Because it starts raining, it's cold, and that puffer jacket just gets soaked. And so not only is it cold, I'm wet and cold. And I'm trying to keep my spirits up. Like, I'm still cracking jokes as I'm getting colder, but I'm trying to just ignore it. And then finally, I just tell Walker, like, dude, I'm so cold right now. Like, I'm really cold. And he's trying to keep his spirits up. And I just keep thinking, like, make it to half pipe. And maybe there's a heater there and you can warm up. Like I'm just holding on to like make it to half pipe, make it to half pipe, keep the pace, make it to half pipe. We come into half pipe and I'm shaking uncontrollably, like shivering he- head to toe, just yeah. convulsing. Almost. Cause the puffer absorbs the water, right? Yeah. It absorbed it. Yeah. And so it's just sitting on me like a wet blanket. Wow. Um, and we, I get in front of this heater and I'm shaking like so much that I can barely talk. But in my head, I'm like 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes, no matter what, we're leaving. And Walker's listening to me. Like, my pacer is listening to me, which is what they're supposed to do. We sit there for 10 minutes, and I stand up and start shaking even more. And it was enough that a doctor saw it and, like, grabbed me and pulled me into a medical tent. And, like, I'm I'm shaking. I'm coughing. I'm trying to tell. What mile is this at? This is 72. 72. Um, Yeah. Shaking, coughing. They're... Another doctor comes in and like they're taking my heart rate and they're like, dude, you might be going, uh, you're going hypothermic, number one, but you also might be going hypoxic because I was like coughing stuff up. And I'm meanwhile fighting them. I'm literally telling them, like, no, I can go. I'm like, I can I go. I got to finish. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, and they're like, no, you're not. And so I fight them. I fight them. And then with the breathing, I finally remember I have an inhaler with me. Oh, nice. I go, wait, wait, I have my inhaler. I take a puff of my inhaler. That helps the breathing. Like, that sort of calmed everything down. But I'm still just shaking. And they were like, we can't let you go until you stop shaking. Like, yeah. medically, we cannot let you leave this tent. Meanwhile, my pacer is trying to communicate with the crew with bad service. He's, he's like, trying to communicate with the doctors, communicate with me, and communicate with He's in with a really them. shitty situation. Like, he's in a really is, shitty is he situation. He's just using his phone to contact yeah, you guys. Yeah, he's trying, to, te- he's trying like, to text. It's one of those spots where it's, like, you can't call somebody because the service is bad, but maybe the text will go through. Through a text message. Like, yeah, message. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, yeah, what was happening with y'all? Because that's a piece of the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, without, without, like, aggrandizing, it was a very tense moment. Uh, me and Jenny decided to talk to the medical staff where we were to see if they could radio over because we weren't getting clear enough communication. 
And from there, we learned that he had been pulled into a medical tent. Uh, the words they said to us were 99% of the people who go into that tent don't come out. Mm. And if you go there, they will try and convince you to pull him. So me and Jenny had to make the decision, do we go to him? Yes or no? And it was too torturous to wait. And there was just enough of a reason to go. He had another pacer. We were going to swap in that pacer, get get Walker out of the rain, get a new pacer in, fresh eyes, and hopefully he could. That would push him through and get him out of. Was out that of Jenny, the next pacer? Uh, the next pacer Nick. was his friend Nick Hearn. Jenny uh, was the last, the last pacer, pacer, no matter what. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> we we kind of like helter skelter, get everybody a pile in the car, start driving out there. Right as we're hitting this dirt road, because uh, this, this is not an easy place to get to. There's a reason they don't let crew there. It's 45 minutes from where we were. Logging roads yeah. to get there. Wow. So we get a call about halfway there. Hey, Gunner put his jacket on. He's out the tent. We're running. So flash to me what was happening. And this is all over two hours. Like this turns into a two hour. Like, yeah. This is a two hour ordeal. So ordeal. Th- this isn't like 15 minutes. What's going on? This is like two hours of stress. Of building trying. Up. And so what was happening with me was. The doctors, I hear the doctors and my pacer walker talking about Jenny, like my crew coming here. And in my head, I'm like, fuck that. Like, because yeah. if they come here and I see them look concerned, I'm going to quit. Like, yeah, it's going to be too comfortable. It, it's going to, it's yeah. gonna, well, it's just going to be like, the I don't, pressure is going to be too much. The guilt yeah. is going to be too much. Yeah. Like, I would feel so guilty that I'm putting them through right. this that I'll just quit. Totally. And so, that's, like, that's a good point. It yeah. gives me yeah. some motivation to, like, warm the heck up. And then I start. The doctors leave, and it's just my pacer, and I'm still shaking, and I'm like, please stop shaking. And I start crying again, and out loud I say, I can't quit, man. Like, I cannot quit this race. There's no way. I've, I've, I've already committed to, even if it's 30 hours and we're not done yet, I'm crossing the finish line. Like, yeah. I will not quit. Yeah. No bell buckle, no nothing. Yeah, no, You're going to finish I'm going to finish the stupid race. <laughs> yeah. I, out loud I say, like, too much time, too much money, yeah. too mu- like, just too much has been poured into this by yeah. multiple people to Six just... Months quit i like, sacrificed too much for you not to exactly, honestly, <laughs> like, my wife is taking yeah, off work yeah. seth has been with me for 12 seth days is now a runner um i know my family my in-laws have been are here they're awake at two in the morning like we're not quitting wow and i stop shaking like i just stop and as soon as i stop shaking i stand up and i don't shake i grab my jacket and i look at my pacer and say we're leaving and i ran out of the medical tent so how long were you at the medical tent? Two hours. <sighs> so, so we've we've gone from twenty six hours with four hours of cushion to twenty nine hours. We have no cushion. We have no wow. cushion. Wow. But I don't know how. Like, was that a long two hours? Like looking back, it, it was, was long. It, it was yeah. it was long, and it was a, it, it wasn't disheart. Nothing was disheartening. Like yeah. The crazy thing about how this day went, so many things happened that so many people would be like, it was disheartening, or it was it sucked. By the yeah. grace of God, and I think because of the way we prepared, like it was so open-handed that when eighteen hour eighteen thirty went out the window, it wasn't like oh no, oh it was just like okay, like yeah. we were so accepting and receiving of yeah. the day we were. Having. And everyone around you is really just looking out for you. Exactly, like, they have your best interest yeah, at heart. Exactly. Like the intentions are there. Yeah, no one's saying like you can't go run. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. And so we, I ran like ran out of the medical tent and just kept running. Wow. And so, like, my pacer has to communicate with them, like, mm-hmm. we're running now, and come catch up with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just ran. We ran all four miles to Outward Bound, 
Wow. We get to Outward Bound, and I keep walking. Like, I don't stop. I take off my jacket. They give me a new shirt. I go to the bathroom, and we just keep going. Yeah. Um, like, that was probably the fastest. <laughs> that, that was, was the quickest, like, that was the <laughs> fastest mile, and it was the quickest, yeah. like, aid station yeah. turnaround. Cool. Um, because I know, like, I've just got to keep moving at this yeah, point. Yeah, you guys are barely going to make it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So nothing can go pacer, wrong. I pick up my new pacer. Like... And this section was, like, probably the least notable from a just, like, you there's just no had to get through it. I just had to get through it. And, dude, my pacer, Nick, was the best pacer for this. Like, yeah. he's walking in front of me to make sure that I just follow him. He's reaching a water bottle back, telling me to drink. He's reaching food back, telling yeah. me to, like, putting food in my mouth, just, like, wow. keep going. And my feet were swelling up, so my shoes hurt so bad. Oh, I could imagine. So huh? with about two miles left in our little section, I finally go, Nick, can we switch shoes, man? <laughs> like, Y'all switch shoes? Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. he's about to... And it sucks for him, because now he's got to put on shoes that are too small, but I was finally like, dude, I need I need your shoes. <laughs> yeah, like, I need some room in my shoes. Yeah. Wow. And thank God for Nick Hearn. He... Yeah, he suffered through wearing my shoes up, so that I could wear his. <laughs> does there, Nick live in Austin? Nick does. Yeah, Nick, cool. shout out Nick Hearn. There is um, one notable thing about this section. Oh, there's a rave at the top of the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I was gonna ask every you every single this. year. This guy leaves a trail of glow sticks from the middle of town to a certain area up on Sugarloaf Mountain, and so as you're walking at mile like 85. You hear EDM music <laughs> coming down the line, and you walk through this rave where people are like smoking weed on acid, playing with bubbles. At the top, have, is it the top of a, like? It's like at the top of a mountain, um, and they have like Jeez. an aid station with like joints and shots of whiskey and like water. They're offering it to you. They're, they're offering to runners. I'm like, please don't. And I even tell my pacer like, don't get me any food from here. Like, I don't know what's yeah. in it. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you get a brownie. Yeah, and then... yeah, and luckily I knew that this was coming because had I not, I would have thought it was fake. Like I would have okay. thought I was hallucinating. Um, so yeah, we... I want to ask you about it because I heard Nick Bear talking about his experience with it, yeah. and he talked about an aid station on top of the mountain that yeah. he thought he was imagining. It was real. And <laughs> yeah, he didn't go into those details, yeah. so I'm picturing like a decrepit old woman like offering you like herbs no, dude, it's like or some shit. It's, but it's, it's, it's like, like Burning you, Man light. It's, <laughs> if you took like people from Squatch who go to Burning Man and put them on the top of this mountain with a rape, that's what it was. That's yeah. dude. Yeah, it was. It was. Wow. A, it was a bar on East Six that you hear about that's like only open for one night. Yeah. Like yeah. that's what it was. That's insane. Um, so we walked through that. We laugh about that. We get into mile 88 at May Queen. Um, and like we had actually made up some good time the way that we hiked it. So cool. we're coming in at 29, 29 hours, but I know like we can hike these 12 miles and take our time. Like, yeah. What's the rush? You feel at this good. Point? You so, feel so you said that you didn't want any food from this aid station. What were you taking at this point? I was to do just walk like uh, Stroop waffles, um, pretzels, like just anything salty or uh. and somewhat real. Like gels at this point would make me sick. So it was just like whatever solid food that we had that was salty and just get salt in, get you carbs could hold in. down. Exactly. Um, and little bits at a time. It wasn't like one Stroop waffle yeah. at a time. It was like a little bird bite just to get something in yeah and so and what real food worked that day 
Um, pretzels. Uh, pretzels worked. Uh, chicharrones. Uh, oh, some uh, chicharrones. Pork, dude, pork rinds, maybe. I no. love a good pork rind in a row. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> pork rinds. Uh, had a quesadilla at some point. It's just one I've little heard sli- that work. It, it, it works. I'm one of those people that, like, I can't just wolf down yeah. a quesadilla. It was like a piece of a quesadilla. Okay. Yeah. Um, when, like, when you're putting your body through that, your body goes into fight or flight and you stop digesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's why it was like a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that takes up energy. Your body's yeah. going to conserve all the energy yeah. it can. And yeah. so get to mile 88. I get to pick up my wife. I know we're going to finish. And we start walking. <laughs> and we're walking on this like single track trail with trees on either side. And the trees started morphing into people and like staring at me. Wow. Um, and I, this is happening for about 20 minutes. And I finally tell my wife like, hey, babe, the trees are turning into people right now. Like, like, were they like, like ancestors? Like, no, they were like, just like. Well, you've been reading Lord of the Rings. I've been reading Lord of the Rings. And <laughs> Gandalf. I was, they were ants. No, yeah, I was yeah, in the. Ants. I was in Fangorn Forest in the book. So it was legit <laughs> like ants, man. That's um, crazy. And, like it was weird because they were people, but they were not. They were faceless, and so the, but they were looking at me. It was a weird like they don't have eyes, but I know they're looking at me. Um, wow. And then, uh, so she's like, please stop walking. And I sit down and she feeds me some pretzels for a second. And then we get back up and yeah, we just trudge it. I got to like watch the sunrise over this lake with my wife while we were walking. So it was a little romantic. It's nice. Um, you would have hit 18 hours. You wouldn't have had that little moment. Well, and that's like at the, the, the race ends and there was no morning. Like, ah, if it was a good day, it would have been 18. I was more, th- I am more thankful for 29 hours and 16 minutes than I would have been for 18 hours, 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, and there was no having to get to that point. As soon as it was over out loud to my family, I was like, this is the day I'm so thankful for this day, for yeah. this run, for like every moment that we had. I'm so much more thankful for this than I would be for 1830. 1830, um, smooth day. Like, honestly, fuck 1830. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been too easy. I, I, I still believe I'm capable of a day like that. I, I really do. Yeah. But who cares? <laughs> like, who gives a fuck? Who cares? Yeah, you like, finished it. Finished it, and I got to have the experience of, like, being surrounded by love. Yeah. And, like, love being the propellant that, like, got us to the finish line. Oh, um, you're closer with your loved ones. Exactly. You know yourself a closer little bit more. Closer with God. Like, yeah, I, I would not I would not trade 2916 for any time. Like, at all. At all. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, man, that was Leadville. Yeah, that's awesome. Because you did the 50 mile that you won to qualify. How? What was the timing on that? Uh, it was 50K. 50K. And the time K. for that 50K was like three hours, 22 minutes or something like that. Okay, and the 50K is uh, like... 32 miles. 32 miles? Yeah. Okay. Um, nice. Yeah, it was. So I can see where the eighteen. Oh, it, it was comes very. Eighteen thirty was in the realm of like, if it's a good day and the pace is good, you can it, it, it can happen. But mm-hmm. man, at ten thousand feet, you have you have good days and you have bad days. Period. End of story. Like, yeah, that's it. You, I, I, there are people from there that had bad days. Like, wow. I, I come. It comes down to like, I really do think at eight thousand feet you can adjust and have a good day every day. Mm-hmm. At 10,000 feet, that's out the window. Like, you have good and bad. That's it. So, yeah, yeah, totally. Man. I want to say to the listeners, if you all want to hear more, uh, tune into Texas. Um, was it your second to last episode? Uh, yeah, Treadville is the Leadville recap. Treadville. And then, uh, we also have, uh, thanks to Creators Collective, we have a little documentary coming out uh, in a couple of weeks, sort yeah. of documenting the trip and, and, and the 
really the crew, like sure, the experience itself, their experience, yeah. putting it yeah. all together. Yeah, y'all did really good debriefing on that episode. Dude, it was it was a pleasure, um, man. But. Another thing y'all highlighted on that episode, I want to talk just real quick about coming back to Austin. You're two weeks mm-hmm. in the mountains. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned on that episode that it was kind of overwhelming. All the people that in, <laughs> are in Austin. Um, I can see that being the case when you get mm-hmm. back after such a you know mm-hmm. blissful time up in the mountains. Do you still feel that way, or have you? It's been quick to adjust back to like civilization. Sure, I can go first, um, I'm somebody who's always on the edge of there's too many people anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so for me, it was it's bittersweet because I know I'm going to leave Austin at some point. Yeah. Uh, this is not where I end up. But, for that reason, yeah, the impact is less. Um, I'm, I've started to like go out again and then say hi to people and do the comedy show. You know, yeah, it's not as jarring, but but right. I have found that um, even for somebody who's even even for somebody who's already kind of sensitive to needing to decompress alone, I need more alone time. Um, you know, the big thing with me is I I paddleboard a lot. And, you know, that's kind of the thing I do here. It's how I spend some time alone. And I I have been for multiple hours almost every day, even on the days it's been raining. Hitting the paddle. Hitting the paddle just so that I can find some semblance of of what I found in the mountains. Mm. Um, I I can't remember if we talked about it, but I always find it interesting that throughout culture, throughout religion, people talk about going up, you know. Uh, Mount Olympus, the Sermon on the Mount. There is something holy and sacred to be found in bringing yourself closer to the heavens. And that type of divine inspiration is rare and beautiful. And I think it's extremely hard to find in places that are packed full of humanity. I think you have to seek it out in pure form. So for me, to come all the way back around to your question, I haven't really readjusted to Austin. I don't know that I will. Yeah. yeah. So real quick, how do you balance that with like the sense of community and it sounds like being alone is mm-hmm. an important practice for you or yeah. it's an important time to fill your cup and replenish. Also at the beginning of the episode you talked about how amazing it is mm-hmm. to be, you know, we can we can only have so many experiences yeah. on our own and you know, uh, the real Enrichment comes from being together. So yeah. how do you balance that? I would say that I haven't balanced it. It's okay. an imbalance. Cool. Uh, and I think I purposely seek out experiences where I get to feel a little bit of the joy of sharing. Um, but that's something that, you know, in a previous episode, we talked about <laughs> things that are hard uh, yeah. and what that really means. It's hilarious. <laughs> so that's, that's my heart is, is being communal and finding those things. It, it takes a lot of effort for me. And yeah. that doesn't mean I don't find joy mm-hmm. and fulfillment in it. In some ways, it's even more joyful and more fulfilling when I get to watch somebody enjoy something I've enjoyed or enjoy something with me, like you yeah. said. Yeah. It's a sacred experience. There's, there's something about seeing another human, like, truly enjoy themselves yeah. in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, that's probably why TikTok is so famous, why yeah. all these dance videos are famous. <laughs> you're watching joy. Because yeah. you're watching yeah, them yeah. just dancing, makes, you know, being silly. Well, yeah. I mean... Man, the happy one of the happiest I've ever been. Uh, it was my birthday, and we went to Low Water Crossing, <laughs> and and like it wasn't just because I was with people I really enjoy, and and we had a good time. That was part of it. There was this moment where one of our friends, Luke, 
I was just having the best day. <laughs> and I I got so much joy out of the childlike bliss he found on that day. Right. There was a point where he, we were playing in the water. We were on a like we had stacked like three people or four people on one paddleboard and he just goes I'm coming on <laughs> and flips the paddleboard over it was one of those I moments of like in a very long time ah <laughs> oh, man it reminded me of being a kid yeah yeah in such a wonderfully pure way mm-hmm. uh, and those experiences are rare and hard to find but worth seeking out Dude, at the end of the day, we're kids acting like adults <laughs> yeah like that doesn't go away <laughs> <laughs> I think it should never go away, no, to be honest with you. I'll agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I guess to answer the, the question, I'm I'm struggling, guys. Like, yeah. And it's, it's all, for me, it's almost the death of a love for Austin because I grew up loving this city. Same. Like, I grew up wanting to live in this city and I went to college knowing I would live in this city. Yeah. And it, even when we got married, when I married my wife, we had agreed we would start our life in Austin for specific reasons. And it's been hard to come back because I, I think that the feelings of not wanting to be here anymore were stirring. And mm-hmm. then going out to a place as remote as Twin Lakes and Leadville and being somebody who loves remote places. Like yeah. we grew up in a small town. Yeah. I grew up working in a summer camp every summer for three months, being without cell service and without yeah. really civilization. Without your classmates, without yeah. kind of regular life. Exactly. Yeah. And so I've always, even because Austin's really the only city that I've ever liked. Like, I like small places totally. and remote places. Um, it, it just real, it enhanced, it didn't reawaken, it was already awake, but it just enhanced this desire for smaller quieter just more subtle yeah and so coming back it's for me one leadville's over like this thing i've dreamt of for 10 years is is over now and that comes with that a lot of relief and a lot of joy and a lot of gratitude fulfillment and confidence all the things yeah it also comes with not emptiness but just this void of like it's like you're closing a door on a chapter closing a door and i'm very intentionally trying to not just jump to the next thing because right. the easy thing to talking about hard the easy thing to do would be well race sign up for the race yeah. well train. western states right. yeah you know what i mean exactly. that's yeah. another race exactly. yeah. and it's on my list it really is totally. but i'm trying to not think about it i'm trying to not plan i'm trying to not scheme i'm trying to not Create another cycle yeah. of me just trying to prove myself to myself again. Like trying not to be a goon. Yeah. Here, you know, just trying to exactly. keep it cool. Trying trying to just let that part of me be asleep for a while. Even though I don't honestly don't want it to. I would love to just go bang out another race. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's that thing of internalizing the love yeah. and acceptance, mm-hmm. the experience. And just letting that rest. So I'm <laughs> I'm having to, you know, keep that at bay and then fight these feelings of almost bitterness towards like towards this city that I used to love yeah and, and bitterness towards people I don't know like, yeah you know <laughs> like people who are so foreigners. undeserving of my like malice even though yeah. I, I was at a coffee shop before we came here and there was a table of like 40 year olds complaining and I just wanted to murder them <laughs> <laughs> and, and the funniest part is they were specifically complaining about work and if there's one thing that gets under my skin more than anything, it's complaining about your job. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Do your job. Do your job. 
You're Honestly, choosing this. You're choosing yeah. it. Be grateful you, know, you have be a job. Be grateful you yeah. have a job. Yeah. They're complaining about work, but they were complaining about millennials at work. And then halfway through, one of the ladies goes, motherfucker, I just missed a meeting. So it's like, it's, <laughs> and, and on it, like in that oh, moment, I feel myself <clears throat> thinking you're what's wrong with this city. Yeah. And while that might feel right, it's not. You, yeah, you know, yeah. they're, they're people. They have every right to feel Every that right way. to feel mm-hmm. and think and do. But be human. I'm having a hard time not just feeling like a weight of hate and a weight of dislike almost impatience and yeah. disdain and I, I don't like feeling that way i'm i'm yeah. not i'm not the disdain guy you know yeah uh, one of the nicest guys job. yeah that's yeah. literally <laughs> seth's job literally that's why job. you don't have to do um, it yeah, yeah. and well, you don't have to bear that weight yeah. but so <laughs> i'm i i can honestly say i'm not in a good place yet with yeah. with uh, right now with austin because yeah. i want i'm craving to go back out to leadville i'm craving to get away from yeah. the, the hustle the bustle and yeah. and seeing these people in leadville just living so happily yeah. so dude so happily and so unconcerned and so giving and i i yeah. we were on a podcast once and someone asked like you know how will you know when you've been successful in life and my answer was and still is like when i'm living an unhurried life yeah, yeah. and in leadville there was no hurry there was no rush there was no we never we never had to hustle, to had get to hustle anywhere. anywhere. And and and, Living, uh, and Austin yeah. is rampant right now oh with the hustle culture. And Dude. there's a there's a place for for working hard and fast and building and achieving. And I'm I'm a high achieving person. I'm stubborn. I'm driven. I'm one. I'm part of the problem. But it's just put in me this like the heebie-jeebies like i wake up every day and i'm just like i gotta get out of here i yeah and it sucks because i love squatch and i I love you guys and i I, (laughs) there are things i love (laughs) and i do love being here at the end of the day but past two weeks have been hard man like it's been it's been hard to sort of re-fall in love with the the city um yeah i want to touch on this piece of like your desire for remoteness and Mm -hmm. quietness and like more open space. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a big draw of why you like running? Oh, totally. It's man. <laughs> I fell in love with trail running at the camp. I just mentioned, um, well, it was, I read born to run and just found out what trail running was. Hell of a book. <laughs> Hell of a book. If we're talking books, uh, born to run, put it on your list. Born to run. Um, and this camp I worked at has like a seven mile trail just through the Canyon it's in and it's gorgeous. And so, as I was, you know, getting deeper in my faith as a Christian and working at this camp, you're surrounded by people all day. Like you're working, you're surrounded by people, which is good. Um, but I started running every morning and that was my way to just sort of escape and get out and connect with God and connect with myself and just think clearly. And it became a pra- it became my way throughout college that, you know, I lived with 12 guys. There's, there's yeah. people around you all the time. There's work to do and things to study for and parties to go to just yeah you're in the house and my head gets and i'm always thinking i'm always scheming i'm always thinking of what to do next and how to do it better but if i go run on the trail and i'm surrounded by nothing but but nature and dirt like the sound of gravel under my feet Mm, just i'm actually about to start crying it's like that that sound that sound just calms me down and and when i'm out on the trail running I always describe it as I have all these thoughts and when I'm running, I'm able to think about one at a time 
yeah. if I think at all. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's just nothing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, that's part of it is like that remoteness and that space is definitely born in the, like this hour a day when I'm doing that is when I'm at like the most even keel for sure. That's, that's beautiful, man. I, I can agree with that too. It's running is something and, and coming back from a trip like that, like the idea of reintegration and just giving yourself space to do that. Um, you know, some people may not do it, but I think it's super important mm -hmm. to kind of just give yourself the time to just ease back into yeah. things nicely. And you do have to come back in. That I think you my one to. caveat here is the answer is to not go be a hermit. Yeah. Like the answer is to not ditch our lease and move to BFE, you know? Like yeah. totally. The answer is to step back in, just sit slowly. at the table while they're being annoying and and <laughs> and think through my thoughts and not react. Not um, react. Yeah. The the an the answer is to come to squat come here to, yeah. to be surrounded to by squash. the people I do love. And, yeah, the and friends, the family. Exactly. Like totally. the the answer is to step back in. Like I always think of like in scripture, there's the mountaintop moment where Jesus takes his three up to the mountaintop and he has this transformative moment with um the prophet Elijah and like this cloud comes over. And Peter, one of his main disciples, is experiencing this. And he tells Jesus, like, let us make a tent for you and for Elijah and for, for God to dwell here. Let's stay here. And Jesus is the one that says we have to go back down to the valley because that's where the people are. Yeah. And that's always informed, like, my thinking and my beliefs is when you go have a trans, like, when you go have this amazing experience, whatever it is, this mountaintop moment, you can't live there. You can't stay. Like, we're well, not made to live there. Totally. The top of Mount Everest is called the death zone. <laughs> yeah, like you, you die. Quite literally. Like <laughs> humans are not meant to be that high. Yeah. yeah. Only exactly. a little high. Yeah, only a little high. <laughs> Put the joint out. Um, and that that's Half why up. that's why I've always been willing to have an experience like Leadville and come back. Like yeah. as amazing as that was, that's not life. It's a part of life, but it's to transcend that experience yeah. into your everyday life. Exactly. So man. yeah, man. That's what it was. Beautiful. So we're here. I think we can uh, land this plane on that note. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, Let's bring it down. Thanks for making time for this today, guys. Dude, thanks for inviting oh, us. Always. Like, I was so giddy this week. Like, do you feel high? We get to see I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. We get the boys on with you guys on Tuesday. Yeah, I can't wait yeah. for Tuesday. Tuesday's gonna be sick. Tuesday's high vibes. Four miles, five miles, seven miles. Yeah. Check it out. Monkey yeah. tree. <laughs> Monkey tree. Yeah. Barton Springs after is that yes, every? Sir. Yeah, Barton, Barton Springs, Springs after. Yes. We jump in. Heck you know, you know, rain or shine. Eight a.m. Before 8 a.m., after 8 a.m., we're not going to pay to go in. Yeah. You're just yeah. going to walk in. So don't worry go. about that. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about that. It's free. Heck yeah. Awesome. Um, well, thank you guys, thanks, guys. So much. Um, thank you guys. We'll see you guys next time. We got to get on y'all show sometime yes. soon. Yes, please come on. Absolutely. Heck yeah. After, yeah. The, after the Green Canyon. I was going to say, we'll yeah, do, come the, on we'll after do the, the reverse. Canyon. Yeah, we'll cool. do the reverse. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward yeah. to it. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, have a great guys. day, guys. You too, man.